to the 15 to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. The legend continues. Chandler Jones, one of the most underrated players in football. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Well, winning is always fun. Even better on a national stage and perhaps best of all, against the Dallas Cowboys. I know that's the feeling of one Bertram Berry, who I know be trained. Typically, there's a 24-hour rule in the National Football League. After a Cowboys victory, do you kind of tend that to make it a 48, maybe 72-hour rule? Well, we're, we're going to extend it to 36. And, and technically, it hadn't even been 30, 24 just yet. So we're, we still got a few hours to bask in the glow of the sweet taste of victory against that team that I hate so much. Yeah, very true. It uh, was not that long ago in which we were all together on Cardinal Talk after a Cardinals win 38-10. to All right, let's go around the horn. Big picture at MJ. What was the most important or the biggest takeaway, and perhaps literally, from last night's contest? Just how well the defense played because we knew that the Cowboys were going to try to come out and run the football. And you figured at some point they were going to try to throw it, even though, you know, Andy Dalton going into the game was more about hype. They weren't going to change their offense. But I just think the defense, and obviously, you know, both teams got off to a slow start. But by the time you got to halftime, the Cardinals were up 21 nothing, And I think the offense fed off that. Uh, but I just think the defense, you know, the fact that they were able to, you know, contain, get them off the field. I thought that was a telling point. And then you got to give uh, the offense credit because they scored points when they had to. B-Train, what about you? What stood out the most? The thing that stood out to me, one, was Buda Baker, the fact that he was a one-man wrecking machine. Uh, he could not be stopped. He could not be blocked last night. He was all over the field, whether it was intercepting, whether it was sacking, tackles for losses, stripping the ball. I mean, he was an assassin out there. And you were kind of wondering how – this team was going to respond after losing Chandler Jones, their, their leader, and, and the fact that this team came out and played great team defense. And then with the offense, the fact that they were able to, to find other ways to score the ball. You don't have to necessarily always have to have the big, sexy play in order to put points on the board. So I, I walked away very encouraged with the team overall. Certainly a lot to like. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury tries to boil it all down. I thought we played hard. I could tell in the locker room we had great energy, had great juice. Um, could tell all week during practice, guys were locked in, and uh, it carried over. We, we, we harped on you know penalties and uh, playing a cleaner style of play, and then getting takeaways, and, and we hit both those categories tonight. Yeah, the Cardinals had four takeaways, seven penalties, three of those, however, in the fourth quarter when the game was well decided. The number one storyline heading into the contest, Kyler Murray's return to Texas, AT&T Stadium, where he was 6-0 as a starter in high school and college, make it now 7-0. But B-Train, he did not play very well, yet the team was still able to come up with a win. And that's the most important thing. It can't be Kyler or Bust for the Arizona Cardinals in 2020 in order for them to get wins. The fact that there were other people that stepped up, other players that were able to shine out there in Big D 
and, and help this team get a win. That's the most encouraging thing. And, and I also look at Vance Joseph, a guy that was much maligned as defensive coordinator. Everybody was wondering how he was going to get this thing done without his best pass rusher and, and arguably best defensive player. So between the other guys stepping up and, and, and picking up Kyler when he didn't have his great game and then the defense rallying around their coordinator, uh, that's definitely something that's the recipe for success. And hopefully it'll carry over for the weeks to come. Yeah, it was interesting because I think all last week, since Kyler obviously played in that stadium, you know, we thought maybe uh, he wouldn't have butterflies. But clearly in that first, uh, at least the first quarter, and, you know, in the second quarter, the Cardinals did score a couple of touchdowns. He was three for five in the second quarter for 97 yards. But he was airmailing passes. There was miscommunications. And, and I thought they made progress the previous week against the Jets as the passing game. But give him credit he ran the ball 10 times for 74 yards he had two touchdown passes he had a rushing touchdown so in the main uh stat we should say they did, he and they didn't turn the football over yeah making sure you protect the rock as they say after the ball game espn caught up with the cardinals quarterback it's special i'm not gonna lie you know i tried to not make it about me all week because it's not about me it's about my team um, and we came out here, got the job done against a good Cowboys team. I mean, coming back home, uh, I think anybody wants to get a win when you come back home. So uh, I'm, I'm happy we did. And that's the bottom line, Petran, as you mentioned several times last night, as long as you walk off that field with a victory, sometimes the statistics at the end of the day don't always matter. Yet at the same time, you would certainly like to see Murray play a little bit better. But perhaps there was more to be made about him going back home and maybe getting – I mean, he tried to downplay it, but getting caught up in the emotions, the atmosphere, and maybe trying to do a little bit too much, especially in those first 15 minutes. Fellas, I'll tell you this. Anytime you get the opportunity to play at the highest level back in your hometown where you grew up and had a lot of success, it's not going to be just another game. I, I know that there was a lot of talk before the game, and, and they tried to, he tried to deflect it as best he could, and that's what a professional does. But internally – he was chomping at the bit to get out there on that field and show that, that he could still do it at a very high level. And, and what he did in high school and college, there was just going to be more of the same. And, and, and maybe he did press a little bit. I think if he's honest with himself today and he goes back and he thinks about how he prepared for this game, maybe he did put a little too much pressure on himself to go out there and look like Superman and, and, and try to win this all by himself. And I think it's a great learning lesson for Kyler Murray, and I think the fact that his teammates had his back and they were still able to get out of there with a much-needed win on prime time uh, in, in an interconference game, I think that just shows that this team is, is starting to come together. They're starting to do some things, and, and it's not going to always look pretty, but as long as you have that, that end result, a win, that's really all that matters, and now you can clean those, those mistakes up with a, a much better taste in your mouth, knowing that you got a, a big-time win. Murray missed on nine of his first 12 pass attempts, but then went on a run, five of seven for 116 yards and two touchdowns, both to Christian Kirk, head coach Cliff Kingsbury, and how he thought Murray handled the trip back home. I thought Kyler did a nice job. That's not easy when that's all everybody's been talking about, and he's probably had this one circled on his calendar since it came out. We were, we were close on a couple of things early, had some close throws that I think we'll make in the future may have been a little too revved up but I thought you know throughout the game he continued to make plays with his feet that really extended drives and um, I was proud of the way he handled himself overall Murray nine of 24 
for 188 yards passing, 10 rush attempts for 74 yards. You do all the math. He accounted for 262, 262 excuse me, total yards of offense and three touchdowns. Here is the Cardinals quarterback on how he believed he fared against the Cowboys. A lot of me is, uh, is frustrated right now just because, uh, I mean, I, it wasn't as you know good as it should have been. Wasn't as accurate, you know. I should have been. It just, it just wasn't, um, wasn't up to par in my standard. I got to be better. Good to hear your leader, your young quarterback, MJB, self-evaluate and be self-critical of himself. And he, I think, holds himself to a very, very high standard, maybe even more than we all do. Yet he knows he missed several throws in that contest last yeah, night. Yeah, I really like his honesty after games. A lot of times, you know, you don't want to throw any, anybody under the bus. And Cliff does a lot of that when it comes to him taking responsibility for lack of play calling. And we know... You know, play calling could be misleading. Uh, it's about execution. But I like the fact that he sits there, and yes, they win the game, but it still bothers him. And he watches that film today. Again, he's still learning the position. He's still learning what it's like to be a quarterback, sitting in the pocket and making the throws. Um, but he's got the dynamic um, instincts to, to let, let the place come to him. And, you know, obviously he didn't force anything yesterday, um, and that was important. But, you know, you know, ball security is very important, and we haven't even talked about the offensive line. I know it's the first segment, but, you know, after six weeks, the Cardinals quarterbacks have been hit 14 times. That's number that's number one in the NFL. Number two is the uh, Steelers at 17 and the Rams 19. So he's not getting hit as much. He's not getting sacked as much. And obviously the offensive line and pass protection, they did a really nice job last night. Yeah, Murray sacked once last night, although it was him giving himself up. He was hit one other time, so kept clean in the pocket. B-Train also last night, Murray mentioned that he got tired, and I wonder if you get so amped up and all of a sudden you expend so much energy maybe running out onto the field those first couple of series, and then it kind of takes its effects. And I wonder if that's what happened to Murray last night. Absolutely, it could happen. And, and again, when you're at home, you, you definitely amp things up. You, you you have a little more juice when you get out on the field. You're, you're a little more excited, and, and, and you're pressing to, to make everything right and to, to do everything right. And, and I think it's, 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 na- it's natural. Anytime that you get to go back home and play in front of friends and family and, and your old teammates and, and, and have an opportunity to, to show them what you can do still, uh, you, you're going to press. And for him to, to admit that he was tired or, or maybe be tired, I think that that is a very natural human emotion in that situation, and nobody's going to fault him for that. And I think he was able to, to get it in check in time enough to still lead this team to, to scoring drives and, and put points on the board. And, again, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be uh, as pretty as we'd like. But the fact is they put 38 points on the board last night, and, and that's nothing to sneeze at. And if you're putting 38 points on the board – playing less than stellar, I can only imagine what they're going to do when they get this offense totally clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, specifically, Murray mentioned the throws to Hopkins and Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins combined for just five catches last night. Bottom line is the team able to get a win, improved to four and two, moved to second place in the NFC West as we take you inside the winning locker room exclusive access on azcardinals.com. We like playing with bright lights. All right, let's play ourselves into a lot more of these games. Yes, all right, sir. that night game, I can tell. We like this moment. Let's play ourselves into more of these games, all right? Got some game balls. Got some game balls, quite a few of them. First and foremost, I think he's now like 10-0 and 0 in this stadium. Number one, Kyler Murray. Right? 
another cat. Used to ball out in this stadium for Texas A&M. He had two touchdowns tonight. Christian Kirk. Had a tough family situation, went home, handled it, came back, played his ass off. Jordan. And then the first INT of the night. You know, things went well when you hand out four game balls immediately after the contest, but I like what Kingsbury had to say. Let's play ourselves into a lot more of these games. MJ, we're a couple of weeks away from when you can be flexed into Sunday night football, and this team obviously likes the national stage. Yeah, I, you know, I, I talked to someone this morning, and I t- asked him what his thoughts were on the game. You know he told me? We're on to Seattle. Already turning the page. Already turning the page. Yes, I mean, again – you got to win these next couple of weeks. You got to continue to stack wins. Uh, you know, we'll let the networks figure that out. But I think it was important for them to showcase their their this team and how they're on the rise on a national stage on Monday Night Football. So. The more games you win, it's going to be hard for them not to put them on. Well, Patrick Peterson, earlier in the week on Thursday when he addressed the media B-train, he said, let's make a statement on the national stage. And you say it, and, of course, they were able to back up their words. Yes, they were. And and from a defensive standpoint, they were able to completely dominate the Dallas Cowboys. And, and people are going to say, oh, well, they didn't have Dak Prescott. They didn't have a lot of their offensive line. Well, those are still professionals. Those are guys that are still getting paid to go out there and do their job. And, and the fact of the matter is the Cardinals were up to the challenge. They they went out and, and they handled their business. Uh, they shut down Ezekiel Elliott. They shut down uh, anything that they were trying to do, the three wide receivers. And, and I, I just – I'm so proud of, of how they stepped up to that challenge with Chandler not being there. It, it, it really lets everybody know when you can do that on that stage against that team, then you got the confidence that you can go out and do that against anybody. This was the number three scoring offense with the Dallas Cowboys, almost 33 points a contest, and they were limited to just 10. And it really was kind of a bonus last seven points in that fourth quarter. The game well in hand at that point. 38-10, the final. We've got a lot to dissect. More on the Cardinals' offense and the playmakers specifically as we continue here on the Cardinals' Red Sea Report. Bird Gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry all here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report where you talk Cardinals football every Tuesday, 11 to noon. Mark it down on your calendar. You don't want to miss it, especially coming off a win. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. and 10 on the Cardinal 20. Snap to Murray. Drops back to throw. Looking deep. Airing it out. Middle of the field. He's got Kirk. It's caught at the 40. Kirk at the 30. The 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. An 80-yard strike. Kyler Murray to Christian Kirk. Two touchdowns for Kirk now in the game. Oh, baby. That was huge right there. Kyler Murray saw Christian Kirk and he just ran the go route. What a great throw. Kyler Murray laid it out there, and Christian Kirk went and got it. At about five steps, 
on the defender as well and reached out his hands on the last second. And I learned something, B-Train. Uh, are you familiar with this late hands trick, apparently, that Christian Kirk did last night, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury? He was able to stay on his feet. If you have early hands, your body goes with you. You usually die for the ball. He went late hands, so he was able to gather himself and then catch it in stride and score the touchdown. I had never heard of late hands before. Yeah, well, you know, back in my high school days, you know, I played a little offense, and, and that was something that was taught even back then. And usually late hands were taught when you are one-on-one -on -one with a defender because the defender usually reaches out his hands as you reach out yours. So you want to reach out your hands as late as possible so he doesn't have a bead on knocking the ball out. But in that situation, you don't want to reach your hands out too because when you reach your hands out, it slows you down a little bit. So he was able to maintain that top-end speed and, and run as fast as he could to get underneath that ball. And uh, just a beautiful throw by Kyler and a, a great catch. I, I mean, that that was one of those where he will remember that one for a long, long time, and that's going to hopefully give him a lot of confidence going forward in his career. CMJ, it's true what they say. You learn something every day. And yeah. B-Train informing us here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. That was the first time I heard it last night. It worked. And I don't know, maybe we'll see it a little bit more. Christian Kirk now with three receiving touchdowns this season specifically on that play call here's what the quarterback Kyler Murray saw you know Hop was in the huddle saying that we're about to score right here I was envisioning it before uh, you know coach told me to play before we went out there I uh, just envisioned it and uh, you know it was on me to just put a good ball on a uh, C Kirk he did the rest great catch this is now three straight games, MJ, in which Christian Kirk has kind of reestablished himself after missing week three because of an injury. His overall numbers don't look good, but he's been targeted now 15 times in these three games with three touchdown catches. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because when Christian Kirk went down last year, they had to change their offense, and here, you know, you look at the last two games, I, I think there's more um, – they're spreading the ball out more when Christian Kirk's on the field. And, you know, again, everyone just considers him a slot receiver. And, you know, the knock was he's not too fat. He's not fast enough, not big enough. And he gets open. And it allows guys like Larry Fitzgerald to get open. You know, Andy Isabella had some opportunities, and we didn't see him after that. And then you throw in DeAndre Hopkins. So it just seems like there's more balance when Christian Kirk's is on the field. And, and maybe the numbers back it up, but – it's interesting where last year they went a different route and obviously don't have Max Williams, but I think Kyler realizes, and there's a relationship there. He played with them. He knew the offense before anybody else besides Cliff, and everyone else is you know, learning the offense like they did last year. So it just seems like it's it's more balance and, and maybe you know versatility where he doesn't automatically have to look for Hopkins every single play. It's interesting, B-Train, because with Christian Kirk, you don't, consider him a speedster but it does goes to show you that if you have great technique and if you get off the line of scrimmage better than the defender then all you need is a couple of steps and in Kirk's case on that 80-yard touchdown he had five or six steps in which you get that separation and it becomes an easy catch and throw absolutely technique is always going to be priority first and foremost and then in the NFL if you have one step on a defender, you are open, and they're going to throw you the football. And I looked at that game plan last night. They were trying to go over the top a number of times. That was the one they had finally connected, but we had talked about earlier how Kyler had maybe overshot a few of those balls because uh, we saw them take a few shots down the field even before that one. And so the game plan was to be aggressive down the field because they saw something in their study during the week in reference to the Dallas Cowboys secondary that they could have some big plays 
through the air. And so uh, I'm glad that they were able to connect there and, and they had tried a few other times. And, and when you see something like that, you have to take advantage of it. Otherwise it's, 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 it's a waste. And so uh, Christian, I know is, is looking for that, that opportunity to, to make a big impact on this offense and, the healthier he, he stays, the more chances he's going to get to make that impact. Well, going into that game last night, according to Pro Football Focus, the Cowboys secondary, the worst coverage unit in all of the National Football League. Perhaps that's why Kirk, after the ball game, said he noticed something when looking at the film. We had seen on film, just based off of what we've put on film, that they were going to bite on, on some out routes, some deep out routes. And uh, when the play was called, you know, I, I think I just fair caught a punt, and, and Andy ran on the field and was like, we're calling the play, we're calling the play. You're going to go 80 yards for a touchdown. And so, you know, your heart starts beating a little fast, but, you know, you just got to be in the moment and, 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 and be calm and be cool. And so, you know, once I motioned in, you know, we, we saw we got the look, and it was just on me to, to beat my guy. They had missed, the Cardinals offense did, as far as Kyler Murray and Andy Isabella, twice on some deep shots early in the contest, but able to connect on that one with Christian Kirk. And there were a number of big plays, the 80-yard touchdown, the 69-yard touchdown run by Kenyon Gray, and then the 60-yard catch and run by DeAndre Hopkins. Those big plays, and of course, it all comes back to you need to be able to run the football, and the Cardinals were able to do that to set up the pass. Yeah, when you look at it, those three plays equal 209 yards and they got a couple touchdowns out of it. So from that standpoint, and we always talk about it's nice to go on these long drives, but, you know, you're going to get a penalty. Possibly it could be a holding or a false start delay a game. Um, And then you want some chunk plays. Now, chunk plays are usually between 20 splash plays or 20 yards, 40 yards or chunk plays. You're talking 80, 69, and 60. So uh, when you see those numbers, now that's on film. And so Seattle's going to have to be um, cognizant of that. Now, obviously, different personnel and, and different game plan, but it's on film now. And again, Christian Kirk, to me, is a guy that can take the top off the defense. It's funny, B-Train, because at that point, it was 21 nothing, and Kyler Murray would only complete one more pass the rest of the game. Meanwhile, Kenyon Drake and that ground attack worked really, really well. In the second half alone, Drake... 13 carries, 145 yards, and that 69-yard touchdown. But don't forget, prior to that touchdown, he had 95 yards, so he was sitting right there close to the century mark. Yeah, and the thing about it is when you get a lead like that and and you're up three touchdowns, three scores in the NFL, you can sort of start to take the air out of the ball. You don't have to be so conservative to where you don't throw the ball at all, but you do have a little bit of cushion where you do want to kind of take it out and, and, and really start to, to, to make sure that you don't uh, give them too many possessions in order to come back and, and score enough points in order to either tie you or, or take the lead. So I thought the Cardinals played it beautifully and, and the defense did their part. And then, of course, those, those five guys up front, once they see that they've got a lead and they get into four-minute mode, then that, that's their wheelhouse. And, and they start licking their chops and they know they can – put that head down, put that hand down, and, and really start to get after that, that front of the Dallas Cowboys. And, and you saw them making making holes all night long. Now you look at uh, you know the Cardinals rushing in the fourth quarter. Of course, everyone's going to remember the uh, 69-yard run. But Drake did have eight carries in that fourth quarter. And we've talked about this in the past. When the Steelers were winning their heyday, they would average eight to ten rushes in the fourth quarter. Last week, very similar. Drake in the second half had ten carries for 45 yards, a touchdown averaging 4.5 yards a carry. So really, in the last five quarters, you've seen a little bit different Kenyon Drake. 
And uh, I don't know, he must have had that conversation on the sidelines because ever since then, you're starting to see him up the middle versus trying to go east and west. And I think the only time I did see him bounce it to the outside is because there was a lane that yes. opened up on the right side between the guard and tackle. And you hear Ron Wolfley on the broadcast say it a number of times. Sometimes, B-Train, you got to put your face in the fan, and a one-yard or two-yard run is okay because it sets up those longer chunk runs in the third and fourth quarter, especially when you get the lead. You got to stay committed to the run no matter what. You, you, even if you don't get those big chunks that we talked about, you, you just have to keep keep pounding it, keep pounding it, keep pounding it, and eventually it's going to break open. And, and really there's nothing like a little motivation from your backup. The fact that Chase Edmonds had been playing well recently, that played a role, I think, in, in, into to what Kenyon Drake was doing uh, yesterday. And, and I felt like he ran with purpose. And, and when he runs with purpose, and both of those guys are, are running at a very high level, I think this offense has an even deeper dimension and, and another uh, way to attack offenses that's uh, going to be fun to watch for the rest of the season. Back to that 80-yard touchdown reception by Christian Kirk, a play that helped earn him a game ball and some praise from the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. We talked about it. He said that's, that's the late hands trick. He was able to stay on his feet. Um, if you have early hands, your body goes with you. You usually die for the ball. He went late hands, was able to gather it, catch the back end of it. And um, I, I talked to him all week about his Texas A&M days. He'd always have huge games against Arkansas when they played this game here. So I had a feeling he was going to have a nice night. Look at that, B-Train. Coach, backing up your explanation on the late hands. Now, the question has to be followed up, though. Were you a player that had late hands? Oh, did we lose B-Train? I think we might have lost B-Train there, but certainly you he said like, he was a receiver, right? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm trying to give him I some mean, props here. I know when, when you're growing up, you, you play different sports. Usually the best player is a shortstop, right? Guy plays quarterback, running back, linebacker. Sounds like and he, he is a three-sport uh, star in high school. Yeah, he's playing a little offense, a little defense in high school, but for Christian Kirk, four touchdown receptions now in his three seasons that have covered at least 50 yards that is tied for third best in the national football league not known as a speedster but all you have to do is gain some separation and off to the races for christian kirk well the future looks bright at that wide receiver position i mean depending on what larry decides to do uh, christian kirk will be number two behind deandre hopkins Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, the defense, perhaps the story of the night, performing on a national stage under the bright lights of Monday Night Football. It's all straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Dalton gets hit and dumps it off over the middle. Caught by Elliott. He fumbles the ball, and Jordan Phillips appears to have it for the Cardinals. The ball was stripped by Buda Baker on the tackle. Cardinals blitz back to throw. Dalton gets hit and slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Back at the 33-yard line. Dalton never saw Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield and smoked. Andy Dalton snapped to Dalton. Quick throw over the middle. Picked off. Intercepted by Baker at the 15. Gets up and runs. 20, 30, 35, 40, 50. Baker to the 40 and tackled there by Elliott. 
Buda Baker, the highest paid safety in the game, maybe the best safety in the game, did not have an interception until now. What a day, Buda Baker. And perhaps underpaid despite the contract extension that he received in the offseason. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, breaking down the Cardinals win over the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football, 38-10, to the final score. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. Yes, Buda Baker, quite the day. Seven tackles, a sack, his first career interception, a tackle for loss, two quarterback hits, a pass defense, and a forced fumble. He did that B-train all while playing nearly every single snap of the contest, but some of his biggest plays might be just how fierce of a tackler in the hits that he was laying on whether it was the quarterback the running back or the wide receivers every time he comes downhill he comes downhill with bad intentions and and that's what you want from your safety you want a guy that's a sure tackler a guy that's a smart guy that can get everybody lined up in the secondary and a guy that can make plays and and he's got the trifecta he's got the ability to do all three and and all three were on display and it really shows why he's the highest-paid safety, and, and that's why the Cardinals had no problem making him the highest-paid safety because they knew what they had in Buda Baker, and he continues to go out and prove it each and every week. And, and to think that he's got his first career interception without two fully functioning hands, uh, that, that in itself makes it that much more remarkable what he's able to accomplish. And, and you could see in that Carolina game when he wasn't out there. It's a completely different defense. It looks different when he's not out there, and, and there's no doubt that he is one of the clear leaders of this defense as well as the team. You know we're not talking about missed tackles today, right? I mean, it's contagious to see what he does and the way he hits, and even if he doesn't make the tackle, the way he's able to punch the ball from the backside on a guy like Elliott, and then you got to give Vance Joseph credit to come off the edge and you know obviously I thought we would see more boot uh, bootlegs and waggle plays you know guys were play action but uh, I thought Vance called a really good game but when you get a guy like that he's all over the field but um, I think when you watch him tackle it's very contagious when you see that secondary tackle like that we're all familiar with him but I think perhaps a little bit of a coming out party for Buda Baker on the national stage the only game in progress on that Monday night and now all of a sudden people are seeing exactly what number 32 can do and of course he felt it was his and everyone else's need to step up their efforts with Chandler Jones on the sidelines. Chandler was the best pass rusher in the league. He caused so many turnovers, and without having him, we had it all, you know, ground together, become more of a team on the defensive side, and uh, we showed out today. And I'm glad that uh, we have these players, and I'm glad everybody kind of played for Chan. By the way, it needs to be mentioned, and I didn't notice it during the contest until Buda Baker tweeted it after the contest, but he has now the C on his chest. He was named a captain Saturday night, taking over the role for linebacker Chandler Jones, who is out for the season with that biceps injury. And without Jones on the field, B-Train, this Cardinals defense, three sacks, eight quarterback hits. But I know you have an affinity for Hassan Reddick, who had two of those three sacks, his first multi-sack performance. So very happy for Hassan and what he's able to, to do out there. And, and he's overcome a lot. And people were kind of writing him off is his fifth year option wasn't picked up and so it was kind of a it was a proving year here for for his sign in 2020 and, and he's making the most of it he's taking advantage of every opportunity given to him uh, of course you don't want to see uh, guys injured and, and of course he was getting a lot of opportunities with Devon Kennard going out uh, earlier in the season but the, the fact that he's 
making the most of those chances and, and going out and performing at a really high level, you, you can't help but be happy for a guy like that. He's finally in a position where he can really showcase his talents and, and do what he does best, and I think it's much needed, and they're going to need that and more the following weeks because, again, you're, you're trying to replace the, the production of a Chandler Jones, and it's not going to be just one guy in the Sun Reddick. It's going to be the entire defense really picking up that slack. It was interesting what, what Buddha said there. You know, losing Chandler Jones is, is it more, makes him more of a team on defense. And, you know, obviously different guys are going to have to step up. The Cardinals had nine different players finish with, uh, with multiple uh, pressures on Dalton. Hassan Reddick had seven. Kennard had five. Buddha four. Corey Peters, Jordan Phillips, Dennis Gardick, three. Lucky, Jordan Hicks, and Reggie Walker had two. So when you start looking at that, it's not like guys has just had one. They definitely got multiple pressures on Andy Dalton last night. And it was a good rotation at outside linebacker. Yeah. Reggie Walker just activated, elevated from the practice squad to the active roster, played 17 snaps. Gardeck, 16 snaps, nearly had another sack and one for his safety. Bottom line is it's going to take everyone to step up and perform in the absence of number 55. Reddick, by the way, filled the stat sheet. Five tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits, and one pass defense. The other player that we need to highlight here on the defensive end, defensive lineman Jordan Phillips. Two days after attending the funeral of his father, he recorded two tackles, two quarterback hits, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery on Monday Night Football. Here's the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. That meant a lot to all of us. Um, had a tough family situation. Obviously, took some time. Came back and, and you know played inspired football. And all our guys knew what he was going through and, and really appreciated how he um, was able to handle that and still come back and have a heck of a game. First time in Phillips's career that he recorded a forced fumble and a fumble recovery in the same game. I'm not going to pretend, B-Tran, that I know what it was like for him to play in that contest, but he made it sound matter-of-fact after the end of the ball game, saying, hey, at the end of the day, I got a job. We're professionals. Tragedies happen, but it's part of life. You just roll with the punches, and then you go to work. Probably a very good distraction for him that there was a game on Monday night absolutely needed for him of course his emotions are all over the place losing his dad and having to lay him to rest I I, I don't know that feeling either and, and I can't even imagine what his emotions must be at this time but you you can't help but respect a man that's able to go out there and focus and and be able to contribute to a team uh, under those circumstances because again just the mental aspect of it alone uh, is one thing but then the physical drain to, to feel that 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 weight of losing your, your dad, a guy that has meant so much to him, and, and to go out there and still perform at a high level, uh, you can't help but, but give him all kudos and, and, and props for what he did because uh, I, I can never imagine what that's like. I'm thankful I still have my dad, and, and I don't know what I would have done in that situation, but for him to do what he did uh, is truly remarkable. Amen to that. The Cardinals defense shutting down a very strong Cowboys offense, even in the midst of all the injuries that they've suffered. He detailed it earlier. Third in the league in scoring at almost 33 points a contest, held to just 10 last night on Monday Night Football. Brian Greasy, a part of the broadcast, talked about the Cardinals' aggressive defense. I think on the defensive side, we learned something tonight from the Arizona Cardinals. Vance Joseph called a very aggressive game, which we didn't know how he was going to call it coming in with all the weapons that Dallas has on the offensive side. But if this defense, which was one of the worst in the NFL a year ago, if they can continue to improve, now I think Arizona might have something going in the NFC West.
The numbers tell the story, MJ. The Cardinals' defense, number two in scoring behind only the Ravens, number two in red zone behind only the Bears, and number seven in covering third downs. Those are the three stats that defensive coordinator Vance Joseph talks about weekly. And right now, the Cardinals are a top 10 defense in all three of those categories. Yeah, and if you look at some of the analytics, they're really probably in the top eight now. To me, the biggest stat is points allowed. They're number two right now in the National Football League behind the Ravens. The Ravens are at 17.6, Cardinals 18.7. And then, you know, you look at a couple other teams, the Dolphins, the Rams, um, and they're in the equation here. But points allowed, they are number two in the National Football League. We couldn't have said that the last couple of years. Yeah, it's okay if you get the yards, B-Train, but what's the stat that, as a defender, that at the end of the ball game, what did you pay attention to? I was paying attention to points. How many points did you give up? I mean, that's really what's going to determine whether you win or lose. And it's a bottom-line business, brothers. And, and any time that you can uh, manufacture ways to keep opposing offenses out of the end zone and, and make them settle for field goals more times than not, especially in the red zone, that's always going to be a formula for success. And if they don't score a lot of points and we continue to, to score more points than the opposition, then that, that means we're going to win a lot of games, and, and that's what's key. And, and yes, you, you want to be dominant. You want to control the run. You want to be able to get after quarterbacks. But ultimately, you want to keep them out of the end zone. And as long as you can do that and make them settle for field goals, drive after drive after drive, then your chances of success go way, way up. You know, our colleague Kyle Odegaard from azcardinals.com, he tweeted out, Cardinals have allowed the fewest points in the NFC with 112, and that's including teams that have only played five games. It's quite a transformation in just a year's time. And, yes, it's six-game sample size, but you're now over a third of the season, and you are just – playing who you're playing on Sundays you can't fault or penalize this Cardinals defense because of who they played on Sundays you know what the words we're not using on paper this is happening on the field nice change of pace considering that was the uh, phrasing that we used all offseason with respect to both the offense and defense but the free agent additions be trained a Devon Kennard a Jordan Phillips a Devondre Campbell have all made their marks on this Cardinals defense and we can't forget Drake or Patrick last night with the interception. So, the, again, the, the list goes on and on with the, the, the decision-making as far as bringing in personnel that fits what Vance Joseph wants to accomplish. Uh, I think Steve Kahn and company have done a great job of giving him uh, a, a number of players that can come in and, and contribute right away and contribute in big ways. And, and, and that's always encouraging because not only do you want those playmakers, but you also want depth guys that can come in if you have some of your guys unfortunately go down, which – in the NFL, that, that's, that's kind of part of the business, too. Kirkpatrick, by the way, his 11th career interception and his fourth and eighth career Monday Night Football appearances. Another guy, Byron Murphy. Now, maybe he didn't play as well late in the game when they were obviously getting garbage uh, yards. But for the most part, very physical. You can see what he went through last year. He is a much better player, and he's a really good open field tackler. He's got a bright future in the NFL. Yeah, two key passes defense when the Cardinals held the Cowboys without points when the field goals missed from 48, or excuse me, 58 yards out. Catch up on all the Cardinals flight plan episodes. Go to the official Arizona Cardinals YouTube page, youtube.com slash azcardinals. 
Up next, the Seattle Seahawks, a well-rested Seahawks team. The Cardinals look for their third win in a row. We'll talk about Seattle on the other side here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. They're going to hand it off to Kenyon Drake up the middle. First down, and he's going to have maybe a touchdown. He's at the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown. Kenyon Drake, well over 100 yards with that one. Icing on the cake, 37 to 10. 69-yard touchdown run for Kenyon Drake. Hand it off, and Kenyon Drake found the seam. And then hit the gas, baby. What a way to finish this game. Third and four, just trying to run out the clock. It's not the Cardinals' fault that the Cowboys didn't tackle Kenyon Drake. 69-yard touchdown. Drake averaged 8.2 yards a carry. Didn't everyone in the world know the Cardinals were running the football? Got to run that clock all the way down. It tells me those guys rolled over. Well, the Cardinals rolled over the Dallas Cowboys 38-10 to and now set their sights on the Seattle Seahawks coming up on Sunday. A short week for the Cardinals. B-Train, a long, extended break for the Seahawks as they are coming off their bye week. You would think that would give the Seahawks an advantage as far as rest, but the flip side, I don't know. You believe in momentum, and there are some on azcardinals.com that don't believe in momentum. <clears throat> Kyle Odegaard, that perhaps the Monday night game can carry over into Sunday. It can, but when you look at this particular team, the Seattle Seahawks, who's had a lot of success at State Farm Stadium in the last couple of years, you have to be able to be locked in because you know what challenges are ahead. This is a division opponent. You know exactly how they want to attack you, and you know exactly who they're going to use to attack you. And, and Russell Wilson, who arguably could be the MVP of the league right now, the way that he's playing – is playing at an even higher level than what he usually does. So it's imperative that the D-line and and the the secondary all make sure that they're on their P's and Q's this week. They have a great week of practice to get ready for this team because they're coming in with a lot of momentum undefeated on the the season, and they're looking to to roll full speed ahead. And and we've got to stop that thing from from going downhill and and really got to end this streak of their success here at our, our, our field. Yeah, the Seahawks have won three straights at State Farm Stadium. Buda Baker with his initial thoughts on next week's contest. We know the Seahawks are a great team. They're always a great team. Russell Wilson got them going. DK Metcalf, Carson in, in the run game. They're, they're a great offense, great team. We know that we're going to have a challenge ahead of us. You know, I was reading some of the Seattle stuff yesterday. And the next five games, according to the story I wrote, is going to be the defining gauntlet gauntlet they play the cardinals twice in the next five weeks rams 49ers and bills and so this five game stretch is going to dictate if they're going to be a number one seed in the nfc now they're averaging about 400 yards per game about 115 on the ground about 280 in the air and they definitely have weapons again their offensive line has given up 26 sacks already this year we know that russell wilson covers a lot of those blemishes up but they got guys that can take the top off the defense and I've always liked their their linebackers from sideline to sideline. So, obviously, the Cardinals are very familiar, and both teams are familiar with each other. And so this will come down to turnovers and field position. Yeah, Russell Wilson, 19 touchdowns, just three interceptions, completing 73% of his pass attempts. And when you have a quarterback B-train, you always have a chance. No question. And and when you have a quarterback playing at such a high level, and, and to think that Russell Wilson has never gotten an MVP vote, 
I, I know he's not the kind of guy that that's using that as as motivation, but you got to think to yourself, man, you got to put some respect on that guy's name. He is one of the top quarterbacks in the game today, and he presents a lot of challenges for this defense. And I know Vance Joseph is going to be up uh, extra a little bit trying to make sure that he comes up with the proper schemes and, and the right calls to make sure that you try to neutralize uh, Russell Wilson's ability to move out of the pocket and extend plays because that's where he's most dangerous. You know, you start looking at him, and, you know, they're number one in the red zone, almost 89%. And it's not so much as field goals. It's it, They're getting in the end zone by touchdowns, and I think it speaks volumes because of how many touchdown passes he's thrown. Well, he might not have an MVP vote, but he is now part of the 99 club on Madden NFL. The ratings adjusters increase Wilson's mark from a 97 to a 99 for those that play that game. Speaking of games, Cardinals-Seahawks, Sunday, October 25th, 105 is the kickoff, 8.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network, the top two teams in the NFC West. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, senior broadcast manager and producer Jim Omohundro, technical director Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, Bertram Berry, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time. See if that Cardinals defense can stop Russell Wilson and the offense outscore the Seahawks for a third straight win and move this team to five and two. This has been the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.